Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're a 415 You're all about your San Francisco 49ers. And this is where you need to be for news, analysis, and, and, and more. And more. Welcome to the 415 hosted by Evan Gidding and Mark Grandy. What's going on, everyone? Welcome into another edition of the 415ers podcast coming at you twice a week on the Odyssey Sports Podcast Network with 95.7 The Game. Please download, rate, subscribe specifically on the Odyssey app. Of course, wherever you download your podcast from is much appreciated. Uh, We got some updates finally, Mark, from OTAs. I know as we're recording on Monday, those listening on Tuesday, the first day will officially be underway. uh, But we are in the thick of the summer off-season workout program for the 49ers officially. We got some loose ends and some miscellaneous stuff that's kind of cool to clean up. And of course, we'll start with the quarterback (laughs) position. But Mark Grandy, Evan Giddings with you as always. Before we get to that, Mark, how you doing? I'm doing well, Evan. Yeah, looking forward to get seeing some guys out there not in pads. And, you know, you won't see anyone hit anyone else this week. But it's just excited to see a bunch of guys, big names, stars out there getting ready for the season. OTAs is, is always a fun time of the year. Now, it is optional at this stage. Uh, you won't see Nick Bosa. Nick Bosa never comes to OTAs. Doesn't mean he's not working out. He is always working out. You won't see Nick Bosa, but... Uh, you'll see a, a lot of really, really good players down there in Santa Clara. So I'm looking forward to this week. We'll hear from Kyle Shanahan, from other members of the team this week. We'll talk about that in our next episode. I'm looking forward to it, and I'm doing well. How are you today, Evan? I'm good. Look, I, I cannot complain. It is not officially, of course, nearing football season, but it tends to feel that way as we get yeah. so close and uh, obviously, there's there's still a lot to discuss with the 49ers. There's always, of course, stuff that's interesting looking around the league, which, of course, will break down us more so from an NFC West perspective. But we'll get into everything NFL uh, throughout this summer. But with the 49ers, the place that, of course, we got to start, Mark, is with uh, Trey Lance, because uh, Matt Bears of The Athletic wrote about him late last week and the fact that, you know, not only, of course, all eyes are on him, uh, but it does appear like he has you know, taking that um, and the expectations that are going to be sort of thrust upon him, whether he likes it or not. And he's taken it. He's worked on his, his throwing motion. We talked about, you know, throughout the off season, Jeff Christensen uh, went down and worked with, with Trey Lance. And according to Barrows, he seems to be remarkably improved, or at least according to Christensen. And so now we're going to officially get to see that in OTAs and, and on, um, but I'll throw it to you first. What did you kind of make about Lance's mechanics being uh, substantially improved, so to speak? 
Uh, well, that's the word substantial. And if you're watching along on YouTube, you can see there on the bottom uh, that that was the word that Matt Barrows used. That was the word that Christensen, his quarterback coach, used, his private quarterback coach used. Um, and, you know, they said that his issues, Lance's issues with his throwing motion initially were, quote, substantial. Um, Christensen said it usually takes him a day to diagnose what's wrong with the quarterback's delivery. But with Lance, Barrows writes, it took four days. But once he figured out the root cause, there was steady progress. So certainly it seems good news that the 49ers or Trey Lance and the 49ers uh, should have a quarterback here that has a uh, a better delivery of the football. That certainly sounds promising. Um, but to hear that uh, your private quarterback coach, your private coach, uh, called issues with your delivery substantial and the fact that it took four days to diagnose all of those issues and figure out exactly what needs to be cleaned up that's a little troublesome for me and i mean i guess you can understand it again we've spent so much time talking about how inexperienced this kid trey lance is um but that word substantial issues with his throwing motion evan that scares me i'm not quite sure how to react to that no, and unfortunately, whether it's fair or foul, it kind of aligns with the narrative that he had not been properly developed. And I know Kyle Shanahan has been a quarterback whisperer, and he has gotten consistent production from every single one of his starting quarterbacks. The knock on him throughout his entire career really has been that he hasn't been able to groom or draft and develop a quarterback. Kirk Cousins is probably the best example of that. But each and every guy that he's had um, has primarily been already you know, completed. And Trey Lance was supposed to be the first year specifically in San Francisco that he was able to groom. And the fact that after two seasons, granted one of which was cut short, uh, but after two seasons of having this guy going through an entire offseason program, and of course, in addition to the draft process in which you have a chance to go see this guy or at least look at him on tape, have a chance to go out to his combine, scouting day, all the rest, and you didn't identify these things that Jeff Christensen did within four days, um, that's a bit of a red flag, Mark. And it, look, I, I know that all of this is also upon Trey Lance to be able to make some you know, internal adjustments and uh, clearly you know, by the 55 roughly completion percentage that he had through those four games, even if one of which is in monsoon, uh, you know, should, should raise some eyebrows. It is kind of along the lines of what we've been thinking. Like Christensen is saying, basically this, there was a lot of work that needed to be done with this kid. We felt like we got it done and yeah, but how come the 49ers couldn't have done that for the last two plus seasons? Yeah, I, I understand where you're coming from. I think this is, this feels like something to me that happened as a result of his relative lack of experience. And yeah, the 49ers had him basically healthy for his entire rookie year. Although his first spot start for Jimmy Garoppolo, he came in and, and injured his hand. And that certainly affects your throwing motion. And then, of course, we know we know what happened this most recent season when he when he broke his ankle. Um, but I think this is something where he was never the most polished quarterback like in that draft class you were selecting one of the raw guys and it's just the case when first of all you draft a guy that 
didn't play for, you know, multiple. I mean, he had a couple of years as a starter at, at North Dakota State, but uh, it's not like he was a three-year starter at a Division One F FBS level. He's playing at the FCS level, which again, there's certainly good competition there. But he came into the NFL with probably an underdeveloped throwing motion, not complete. You know, he didn't come in, you know, as a, a Trevor Lawrence who, you know, by all accounts looks already like a, a polished NFL quarterback. And he did when he was at Clemson. Um, and then you just have kind of his haphazard career at the NFL up to this point. Um, certainly, I'm I'm sure that the, the throwing mechanics, the, the issues with those mechanics weren't something the 49ers didn't notice. It's just been such a strange trip that they probably haven't been able to really nail it down. But it's good that it's happening now. Um, the other thing that stood out to me from Matt Barris's piece on The Athletic, again, talking about uh, Christensen, uh, Trey Lance's private quarterback coach, um, he said... Christensen did that Lance reminds him of his most well-known client Patrick Mahomes in terms of his competitiveness and demeanor uh interesting uh there from his quarterback coach Christensen that that he thinks that of Trey Lance my only thought at this point is again with OTAs coming up will we see an improved throwing delivery and will he even get a chance uh, because it, it almost seems like that might not happen for the 49ers this year. But um, I, I thought that this was a really eye-opening piece of information that Matt Barrows delivered on The Athletic from, you know, Trey Lance's private coach, Christensen. And he, he was obviously uh, complimentary of his guy. Of course, he's not going to, you know, say anything bad about, about a guy that he works with that is his client. Um, but the fact that he was willing to compare him at all in, in any shape or form that the Patrick Mahomes also stood out to me. Uh, well, Trey Lance also worked out with Patrick Mahomes and he they, had him literally together. stand behind him and look at him throw and say, yeah. I imagine, hey, this is what Patrick does. This is exactly <laughs> what you should try to do. And I'm sure there's a lot of that physical type of teaching and learning going on when you're trying to make substantial changes to a guy's mechanics. Uh, before I let the the other part go, I'm willing, Mark, to say that Kyle Shanahan perhaps is not the one that's, you know, at the the biggest end of of the the culpability, you know, line for Trey Lance not developing. But Kyle Shanahan is also the one that hires the quarterback coaches, which are the ones that are supposed to help a guy develop. So when I'm looking at Rich Scangarello in 2021, the quarterbacks coach who was also there in 2017 and 2018 and had primarily worked with Jimmy Garoppolo. I'm looking at him and I'm wondering what went wrong. I'm also wondering why Kyle Shanahan this past season, when you need to ideally develop a new, fresh, young quarterback, why your selection for your quarterback's coach is a guy who has no experience in Brian Greasy. Now, Brian Greasy did, I think, a really good job at handling some of the, um, you know, the professional aspects of being a quarterback, how to deal with the media, how to carry yourself, how to, um, I don't know, I mean, just be a quarterback in the National Football League. But in terms of development, uh, he doesn't exactly have a big background in that area. And clearly there wasn't a lot of gains made by Trey Lance, even prior to his point of getting hurt. 
Uh, so while Kyle Shanahan, yes, might not be involved with teaching Trey Lance a, a five-step drop or a three-step drop or how to complete a you know a short pass at a requisite percentage, um, he's also the guy that puts the people in position that are supposed to be doing that, and they clearly haven't. Yeah, that, that's fair. Uh, just to go a little bit more, uh, I guess, in depth of what I was what I was talking about earlier, I I think there really is something to be said for all of the stops and starts that Trey Lance has had to deal with in his short career. Um, he broke his right index finger in the 49ers preseason finale in 2021. Um, that was his rookie year. Uh, and, you know, you, you go into that season not expecting to play a ton, of course. But remember, he got that spot start early in the year in Arizona where it seemed like Kyle Shanahan was just running him into the ground and he suffered another minor injury there with a broken right index finger that we, we talked about uh, maybe a month ago uh, that never really fully healed or didn't heal correctly. And and now is the time where it's finally back to normal and he can grip a football like normal again. These sorts of things that have impacted every step of his career. And it's not even to mention the season ending terrible broken ankle which doesn't necessarily affect the the throwing motion just the arm itself but obviously has a big impact on the work you're able to do and if you're able to see any improvement in in his ball and the way it comes out of his hands when he's fully striding and all of that there's been so much going on around Trey Lance that has through no fault of his own just limited his ability to see if there's been progress we haven't really had that chance until now, when Trey Lance has said, Kyle Shanahan has said about Trey Lance, since they started their offseason program, you know, last month, he's had no soreness. He hasn't had the arm fatigue. He's been able to, you know, use his feet and, and set up his base and, and get a much stronger, better base, deliver the ball better. There was the big story when he was working out with Patrick Mahomes that he's throwing tighter spirals now. And I will really have a, a, a better look at it in OTAs coming up this week. Um, but I, I do think we're finally at a point now in Trey Lance's career where he seems fully healthy, and now is when we can see if the 49ers, if everyone that Trey Lance is working with, has done all the requisite steps to get him at the spot where they want him to be. Because I think at this point, there's no more room for excuses, if you want to call them that. I could see you know, some of those excuses in past years because just simply of injuries, but there's, there's no room for that anymore. Well, it doesn't necessarily sound like you believe he's going to get a chance to prove if those requisite steps are taken. So I don't know. We only have to judge what we've seen so far, which is the fact that he's not ready. Yep. And that, that really is the bottom line for me. I, I'm, I'm glad that Trey Lance has made strides. I'm sure he's a better version of himself. He's obviously, a hundred percent. Um, but, but Kyle Shanahan, I, I, I mean, I, I hate to break it to, to fans or to you or to whoever is listening out there, Mark. Uh, if, if Trey Lance doesn't turn out to get an opportunity or doesn't turn out to play and he just kind of goes by the wayside, whether that's a coaching decision or not, um, I, I am going to look in that as a developmental failure because sure. they have not been able to get anything at this point worth much out of the number three overall pick. That, that's simply a fact.
No, a hundred percent a fact. And the, the outcomes are either Trey Lance simply isn't good or you misdiagnosed him and he is good, but you don't believe in him. Either way, you share a gigantic portion of the blame because on the first option where he's simply not good, guess what? You picked, identified, failed to develop the guy. And then in the second option, maybe even worse, uh, you potentially picked the right guy, but gave up on him too early. So either way that this turns out for the 49ers in, in those two outcomes, there is an outcome where they give him a chance and he plays well. But in those two outcomes, which seem to be the heavy favorites, a lot of blame, you know, at, on the 49ers feet for sure. This is the 415ers podcast brought to you by the Odyssey Sports Podcast Network. Coming at you twice a week here in the off season. That's Mark Grandy. I'm Evan Giddings. Please check us out on the Odyssey app. Download, rate, subscribe, wherever you get your podcast from. Five stars are appreciated. Well, this kind of leads us into the next portion of, of the week, Mark, which is OTAs. And uh, the first place we do have to start with, I believe, is at the quarterback position. Because <laughs> what are you looking for in OTAs? Uh, I'm looking for Trey Lance. I'm looking for Sam Darnold as well. And those are going to be the two guys that are getting, whether it be first team reps, quarterback reps in general. Um, Those are who all eyes are going to be on. And I'm sure reports will continue to leak out throughout this week. Kyle Shanahan will speak on Tuesday afternoon. We're recording this on Monday, so apologies for that. But to me, uh, Trey Lance had better, number one, be given the opportunity to compete for whether it's the backup job, the QB1 job, should Brock Purdy not be able to go. And he had better look like Jeff Christensen has promised, essentially, that they have made substantial reworkings to his mechanics because this was a guy that last year in preseason was completing just about as much of his passes as he did in his four games as a pro, about 55%. And the the one reason why I am skeptical of that leap being taken mark is because it simply just doesn't happen with a lot of quarterbacks, even established ones. The greatest example is Josh Allen who increased his completion percentage from, I believe it was his third to his fourth year by 11%. That's an astronomic number. But outside of that, I think the biggest example of an established quarterback since 2011, because prior to that, the passing rules or the defensive rules made it very difficult on passers. I think that's the reason why we only saw two 5,000 yard passers prior to 2011. There's been an abundance since then. Um, I think Aaron Rodgers increased his completion percentage from 2019 to 2020. So the first of his back-to-back MVP seasons by about 8% at age 35. That's the best example of an established guy making a leap that I can see outside of Josh Allen. And I'm not saying that, that that Trey Lance needs to make that kind of leap, but he needs to be at at least a 60% mark. And it needs to be somewhere, Mark, that we're also checking out how are you able to hit just 10 yards and in. That was the area that he really struggled last year in preseason as well as he has in the regular season. And so if Jeff Christensen's work is done, and in fact, he did the 49ers job for them, then Trey Lance needs to be at least completing 60% of his passes in practice. I'm not sure if those numbers will be for public consumption, um, but I'd better hear that kind of trend for Trey Lance this season in OTAs. 
Well, uh, maybe you will hear that, but I'm not even certain it's going to be a gigantic chunk of plays because I'm not even certain that Trey Lance is going to be getting the lion's share of the snaps in OTAs at quarterback. Brock Purdy is obviously off the table right now, so the question is, all right, who gets most of the first-team reps, Trey Lance or Sam Darnold? I don't know. I, I really don't know. I mean, Kyle Shanahan has made it seem like it's a dead heat this far. Everything that he said about Sam Darnold, obviously he's been complimentary of Trey Lance as well, but it seems like he's been a little more uh, open with the praise for Sam Darnold. I mean, what did he say just earlier in the month? He said, what about, you know, Sam Darnold's talent? He still sees him, you know, as a, a top pick in the draft. He has, a, you know, a, a great arm, which is the reason he's in the NFL. Uh, so, I mean, first of all, before even diving into things I want to see Trey Lance accomplish, Evan, I want to see him get most of the first team reps, but I am not confident that it's going to happen at all because I can just see the headlines already and I can see all the tweets rolling in from down in Santa Clara tomorrow, you know, Tuesday, you're listening to this on Tuesday, probably today, later on in the day. Oh, Sam Darnold opens as the 49ers, you know, first string quarterback at OTAs. He's he's with the first team for the first drive or for the first set of drills or whatever the case is. I can already see that happening. Um, and, you know, m- maybe I'll be wrong, but I-, I just get the sense that that is the way this is going to roll. And I really, I really hate saying that because I want to see Trey Lance get a legitimate chance. Uh, I, I'm just not so sure we're even going to get a chance to see it in OTAs. Well, we better. I mean, yes. Mark, and it's not just about what's fair or you know who's being given the opportunity. If there is a time to give Trey Lance, quote-unquote, first-team reps, wouldn't it be now? Yes. Wouldn't it be in the month of May, the beginning of OTAs, then moving into mandatory minicamp, then the preseason, if I'm to find out, both as a fan as well as a member of the 49ers, if this kid can throw and he has made the strides that Jeff Christensen is promoting, then wouldn't now be the time to figure that out? You You have a couple of weeks to do so. And in my mind, if you also are bringing in Sam Darnold, pardon me, to be the third quarterback, and to be the quote-unquote veteran, the guy who's had the most experience of the group, well, then he should need the least amount of grooming. Now, if you want to tell me that he needs time to get the playbook right and he needs time to familiarize himself with the offense, I'll hear you. But I personally would rather devote this kind of experimental time. I'm sure a coach would tell me, hey, every rep counts. But this more experimental time to the guy who is supposed to be your franchise, and now you need to figure out if he is going to be or not immediately. Now would be the time for me, Mark, where it's unequivocally Trey Lance is taking those first-team reps, and Sam Darnold is going to have to wait until minicamp? I don't think that's too much to ask. No, I don't think so either. I mean, I'm I'm trying to think of what the... And maybe we're all just reading into this a little bit too much. I mean, it's optional team activities. It It's obviously, it, it means a lot specifically for the younger guys. Uh, Trey Lance obviously fits in that group for the, uh, the non-established starters. This is where you can really earn the right 
to have a bigger role in training camp. And then what do you do in training camp determines the chance you get in preseason. And what you do in preseason determines if you make the roster and if you're going to be a surprise starter or, or whatever the case is. So it all starts in moments like this. So it is important, but perhaps we, we would be reading into it a little bit too much to say, well, even if it's just a 50-50 split right now, that means Kyle Shanahan is is uh, you know already sold on Sam Darnold's ability to be the team's number two quarterback. Because you kind of get the sense, a guy who's just joining the roster over your hand-selected third overall quarterback from just a couple of years ago, if a guy who just got added to this team is already splitting reps 50-50 with your, you know, hand-picked quarterback, it almost feels like a win for the new guy, a win for Sam Darnold. So if it's anything like that or even close to 50-50, it it just feels like the writing on the wall is, well, Sam Darnold is, you know, picking up steam and gaining momentum, and it's looking like he might beat out Trey Lance. Maybe you and I, maybe fans, maybe we're all reading into these kinds of numbers this early in the offseason, Evan. But I'm just thinking about the message that it sends. If you, and by you I mean Kyle Shanahan and the 49ers, if you open OTAs with Sam Darnold getting the first team reps early on, there is going to be just a, a thunderstorm of upset 49er fans down in Santa Clara, watching some open practices on Twitter. It is going to be a mess. Um, and I'm I'm not, you know, saying that the, the reason the 49ers should give Trey Lance the reps uh, is to avoid pressure from the fan base. Of course not. You do it from a football perspective. But it just seems like such a, I don't know, a hot-button issue and a hot-button topic that could be solved in such a simple way by just seeing what you got with this guy. Uh, but I, for whatever reason, I just don't feel confident that that's what we're going to see in OTAs. Well, look, fans might feel like there's hell to pay, and I'm sure Kyle Shanahan would tell them to go to hell. Oh, I mean, exactly. That's just, he he <laughs> simply doesn't care. And uh, especially when it comes to his quarterback position, I mean, maybe that's the reason why they've been in the Final Four, haven't been to the mountaintop. And maybe he'd also tell you that's why he is in the Final Four each and every year. Maybe. So, um, We'll see. Any any other things from OTAs that kind of catch your eye, Mark? I know that there's not a whole lot of, I guess, positions that are necessarily up for grabs. Um, you know, you could, I guess, you know, potentially Jake Moody, Zane Gonzalez, hmm. um, a lot of backup positions, obviously the backup tight end spot, potentially the third running back spot. Uh, they're going to try and, I'm sure, integrate their rookies. But is there anything else that, that kind of stands out to you about the OTAs, OTAs that you'll be uh, keeping an eye on? Um, I, I'm interested in some of the first looks for some of the defensive linemen. I, I mentioned earlier that Nick Bosa likely will not be there. He generally doesn't attend OTAs. He's probably still working down with his brother, uh, Joey Bosa, at, at their home in, in South Florida, which is what they normally do at, at this stage of the offseason. Um, but I'm looking at second-year guy, Drake Jackson. How does he look after a full offseason? I know he didn't have the best end to his uh, rookie year. And then, you know, behind those guys, how do Cleveland Farrell and Austin Bryant, new 49ers look? They're likely going to be reserve guys this season. Uh, but in your first look in a 49er jersey, how do those guys look? So uh, I'll be looking at that spot. I'm not sure how much we're going to really see 
uh, you know, in terms of the right tackle position with Colton McKivitz. Uh, but I, I think I might be looking at, at some of those reserve defensive linemen who, without Bosa at OTAs, are going to be thrust into – I mean, it's not important in terms of, you know, winning and losing games, of course, that it's OTAs, but thrust into more – I don't know, more of a spotlight in OTAs because you are without Nick Bosa at this stage. I, I think there's an opportunity for maybe someone to to catch our eye, to blossom, and then and then potentially maybe become like the darling of the 49ers offseason. I think there is potential for something like that, specifically on the defensive line. Uh, this is the 415ers podcast brought to you as always by the Odyssey Sports Podcast Network with 95.7 The Game. That is Mark Randy. I'm Evan Giddings coming at you twice a week here in the off season, of course, OTAs, and we're going to keeping going to keep a close eye on some of those positions. Obviously, quarterback is certainly one of them. Um, but one thing we want to talk about, Mark, also a reminder to download the Odyssey app. Check us out there, uh, as well as wherever you download, rate, subscribe to your podcast. But uh, some sort of odds and ends to this episode. Uh, big news for the 49ers does appear that they will be getting officially the 2026. Super Bowl, and that is a big deal. Have not had one since the 2015 season, which co- sort of coincided with the opening of Levi Stadium. That was a lot of fun. Uh, but 2026 mark for Super Bowl 60, I want to say. Mm-hmm. And it also happens to coincide with the 250th anniversary of the city of San Francisco. So I'm sure there'll oh. be a lot of celebration around that time, uh, even though the game will itself be taking place in Santa Clara not the city of San Francisco. There's been a lot of coordination between the president, uh, Al Guido, of the San Francisco 49ers, along with, of course, Joe Lacob, owner of the Warriors, Larry Bear, owner of the Giants. So it seems like all three major, you know, kind of metropolitan teams are are in lockstep about this being a great event. And uh, tick-tock, I can't wait till uh, three years away. Uh, I'm looking forward to, you know, the commercial breaks coming back from break of the 2026 Super Bowl, Super Bowl 60, when they pan the beautiful panoramic of the Golden Gate Bridge. And then they cut to the stadium in Santa Clara. It's just a a tradition like no other. But yeah, uh, I mean, exciting for the 49ers franchise to be uh, to be hosting a Super Bowl. Their last one, you're right, was 2015. It was that was Super Bowl 50, if I remember correctly, right? Super Bowl 50, I think it was. Uh, the math would, would check out, I think. Um, yep. I remember at, at that point, uh, when it was announced, it was in the middle of the like the, the peak of the Jim Harbaugh era for the 49ers when it was announced. Uh, and you're thinking, hey, there's a decent chance the 49ers could be playing a Super Bowl in their own stadium. Now, how fun would that be? And then, of course, the 49ers were just terrible that season, did not even make the playoffs. Uh, and and that was the the end of the Harbaugh era and the beginning of a, a really really bad you know what three or four or five years before uh, before Kyle Shanahan and company came along. Um, so maybe the 49ers can extend their their window a little bit, be competitive in 2026, and and maybe have the chance there. Uh, but just exciting uh, to get a Super Bowl back uh, once again. It should be a lot of fun when the time comes. Yeah, 100%. Also, some news about Thursday Night Football. Uh, Obviously, the adjustment this season is that you can play multiple Thursday night games, which the 49ers will. And they'll be playing Week 3, along with, of course, Thanksgiving. So Week 3 against the Giants, their first home game of the year, I might add, as well as on Thursday night on Thanksgiving uh, up in Seattle. So I believe the adjustment, Mark, was that 
you know, they kind of offer the ability to flex certain games throughout mm-hmm. the week, but that you cannot have more than two uh, Thursday night games in a season. So the 49ers will be the first team in the first year to essentially have multiple Thursday night games. And they will also be affected as far as that being capped at multiple Thursday nights. So the only games that they can flex from the 49ers schedule this year will be Sunday night. Yeah, so uh, the 49ers, their first Thursday night game, as you mentioned, is week three, and that's too early to be flexed. So that one will stay. You know that guaranteed. And then their other Thursday game, as you mentioned, is the Thanksgiving game. That will not be flexed either. And because they already have two that they are guaranteed to play, the 49ers will not be affected by the Thursday night football flexing. But it's an interesting conversation because, as we talked about on our last episode, how the schedule has uh, not necessarily favored the 49ers in terms of rest days. Generally, they are at a disadvantage against their opponents this year uh, in terms of the number of days off they have before or leading up to games. This is something that can drastically change that midseason. Could you imagine? I mean, you, you do generally get, what, a three or four week notice when your game is going to be flexed. So you have time to prepare, of course, your plans and mentally and physically prepare. But this uh, is something, of course, the NFL is doing to avoid having a real sleeper of a Thursday night game, if at all possible, late in the year. Um, But it just throws another wrench into teams' plans. And I know Thursday night games are already something that teams really, really despise. Um, But this is something that I think that's going to frustrate a lot more teams as this continues to be a thing uh even though it won't affect the 49ers this year they'll probably get bitten by it at some point in the future i can guarantee you kyle shanahan is going to have some pointed comments about it when it does happen um but it's just something the nfl is doing to try to protect their assets on thursday night football but the teams and players will not be happy no no but uh i'll certainly be happy to get a couple free sundays if that ends up being the case (laughs) down the future of course not this year like you mentioned uh final news from around the league is evidently in response to the nfc championship uh the league has changed a rule that a third string quarterback will be able to be active on game day without taking up a roster spot of course that was one thing that was you know, highly discussed throughout the NFC championship. You lose Brock Purdy, you lose Josh Johnson due to injury mid game, and you don't have a third string quarterback even available to you. And the 49ers also did not choose to have a third string quarterback uh, available in that game. Um, So you don't have to run into that problem this year, Mark. And and it appears, I don't want to call it the Josh Johnson rule, but, but down the line, we might be looking at it like that. Yeah, I was going to ask you, what should we call this? The Josh Johnson rule popped into my mind. Uh, I guess the you Christian would also, McCaffrey rule. The Christian McCaffrey rule because he least. did take a snap at, at Wildcat, I guess. Uh, Brock Purdy rule because he came back in with his already torn UCL just to hand the ball off. Or just simply the Kyle Shanahan rule. I don't know. You, you, could, call it, you could call it the Shanahan rule because it was something he, and I know a lot of people talked about it, but he talked about it. Uh, right after as well and and was very much in favor of it without Kyle Shanahan speaking out for it. Who knows? Maybe it doesn't happen. Um, this was something that we thought was going to happen because, again, some, similar to what we just talked about with Thursday Night Football and the NFL trying very hard to protect their assets, they want to avoid a, Thursday, or a uh, NFC championship game like last year's at all costs. Uh, so if this is something that avoids a situation like that. And it's just as simple as saying, yeah, third, third, 
third string emergency quarterback doesn't count against your active roster on game days. Fine by me, sign off, let's do it. And it, and it passed very easily. So it makes sense. It's probably something that isn't really going to be a factor in the vast majority of games, especially meaningful games like the NFC Championship game moving forward. But hey, why not? It's simple, doesn't really hurt anyone. In fact, it helps the players because I, I guess it, it you know, ex- expands roster sizes basically by one. It just has to be an extra quarterback, but really no harm. So why not do it? Good choice by the NFL. Yeah, I mean, the, the NFL is a read and react league. I'm not going to necessarily give them credit for this uh, because, like <laughs> you said, Mark, it's not supposed to be something that is uh, something that should have an effect on a game. Um and quite frankly, if you're down to your third string quarterback anyways, you're, you're probably in trouble. It's not like if this rule was around during the NFC Championship, the Niners would have all of a sudden roared back and beat the Eagles on the road. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's something you can kind of tip your cap for, I guess. Yeah, and the 40, or the NFL originally had you got to have three quarterbacks active on game day. And then they, they took that away and said, no, I mean, you, you still can. We're just going to give you an extra roster spot. And they weren't saying that it had to be a quarterback. But, of course, what did coaches do at that point? They used the extra roster spot for depth somewhere else, and that had become the norm. Um, so the NFL, I think, at first was you know, like, well, we, we kind of already have this rule. You've just been using depth elsewhere, and now it came back to hurt you. Uh, but still, this is this is the right move. And you're right. The NFL doesn't deserve applause for it because it, it was just obvious and it seemed like a very easy solution. Uh, but hopefully you're right. Hopefully this isn't ever something that uh, has to be discussed again, because if it is just a, an unfortunate turn of events for whatever team has to deal with it. Yeah, no doubt. Hopefully the Niners do not have to deal with it at all uh, throughout this year. But that'll do it for this episode of the 415ers podcast. Please download, rate, subscribe on the Odyssey app, as well as wherever you get your podcasts from. Five stars are appreciated. We'll be coming at you on Thursday. A lot of updates from OTAs. We'll have some Kyle Shanahan sound, I'm sure. Hopefully have some sound perhaps from Trey Lance, uh, mm-hmm. along with some quotes along from other members of OTAs. By the way, Nick Bosa, not one of them. He is not there, which is completely understandable. And we can dig into that on our next episode as to why. So thank you for listening to this episode. That's Mark Rennie. I'm Evan Giddings. We'll talk to you next time.